You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. You're listening to special programming sponsored by Making Moves Life Coaching Services. The content of Veterans Affairs Plus does not reflect the views or opinions of Public Radio KUNV, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Good morning, Las Vegas. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I'm Dave Washington, your host. Uh, after a few comments, I'll get our our first guest, who is Mr. Otis Harris. I'll get him on shortly. So once again, good morning. I uh, will be talking about after our discussion with Mr. Harris with the legacy and the transition of a couple of soldiers. These guys are all good family men, uh, Trusty Bino out of San Jose, California, Herschel Clady, L.A. County, Larry Powell, of course, here in Las Vegas, and Cotus Simmons most recently passed. So we'll be discussing them shortly, and condolences once again to those families. Mr. Otis Harris, how you doing, sir? Very good. How are you going? Pretty good, pretty and good. And everybody else. Oh, everybody's well, man. Everybody's well. Look, I, I've been trying to get you on the show for a while because I know you're a long-time uh Resident, in fact, Otis, where are you from, and how long have you lived in Las Vegas? Well, I've been I've been in Las Vegas all my life. I got here when I was a year old from mm-hmm. Marshall, Texas. Marshall, Texas. That's interesting. One of my colleagues, uh, Bert Washington, that's where his father's from. And in fact, I got relatives that live right outside of Marshall. They moved down from here. Down there, probably about eight, eight, ten years ago, to Mar- to the right outside of Marshall, Marshall, Texas, cool. So, um, well, yeah, well, all that's where that's the origin of everybody that I know mm-hmm. uh, are around there, right. East Texas. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. So, uh, one of the things and reasons why I definitely want to get you on the show because you're last of who I call. The, the first wave of blacks to join Las Vegas Fire and Rescue. In fact, at the time that you joined, it was Las Vegas Fire Department. The first two in June of 1963 was James Walker and Monroe Williams. Right. And then it was you and Larry Powell. And Larry Powell just passed just a, a short time ago. So if you would, Otis, tell us a little bit about that experience. And then I want to know what you did after you left the department. Well, here, well, I've always been interested in Las Vegas and making some changes. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the, the West Side um, book that Brenda William Tisher uh, um, published, you mm-hmm. see that the West Side was almost an unlivable space. Right. So, so my interest has been always to make some changes to bring our community up to be the uh, equal to or better than anything else in the Valley. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been working on all ever since urban economic development. And matter of fact, in, in the United States, outside of the United States, across the country, wherever I, my talents can help 
That's mm-hmm. where I go. Okay. So, yeah, I know that you're an experience. And my, my, my experience, it's an experience with the fire department. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, it was it was great experience. It was a new type job, hadn't been there before. Mm-hmm. And, and believe it or not, I learned a tremendous amount about people on the fire department. Right. Because we had to live so close together, mm-hmm. night and day. So once you once you left there, now didn't you have a, a, a stint at the uh, Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority? Yes, I did. I, between that, I was at the Nevada test site, uh-huh. the fire department up there. Then, um, I, then yeah, integrated that. There was not a no blacks there. And then uh, I was I was invited by the president of the. Uh, uh, convention authority to come to work for him, and um, in in uh, so I, my job was marketing, marketing the the, um, the city mm-hmm. as a whole. Okay. Being the first black, I had to to step back, dig deep within myself, and and back in the day, it wasn't it wasn't the most pleasant thing because you had to go everywhere I went. Mm-hmm. I saw no black people, and not even in the black market. Right. So I had to to, to uh, work to see how the, the nation could work to support our community. Mm-hmm. And so we developed the the Black Athletes Hall of Fame, along with uh, uh, Bill Cosby and a lot of uh, uh, athletes, like. Um, Charlie Mays and others. Charlie Mays, matter of fact, just died. He was a long jumper, mm-hmm. right behind Boy Beeman, who had world record. And uh, it came off very well. And then I said, well, then we could use this to help you know, to work toward this community. That's what mm-hmm. my biggest effort has always been. How can I help to work to change this community? Even though I may have worked somewhere else, I want to see how that job could help. Help right. us, and that's you know. Uh-huh. So I worked there five years, and I was assist. I was was the manager, tourism marketing manager. So you went there. You was there before Roosevelt went to convention. Yeah, I was there before Roosevelt. Uh huh. Interesting. Now, then Bertie Turner, right? Yeah. Name. Oh yeah, I remember Bertie Turner. Uh huh. And yeah, she was second, and then then um, Danny Danny um, Curtis's wife. She mm-hmm. came. She would came to work there too. After I did. Mm-hmm. So your your actual expertise as a businessman, you're into community development along those those lines. Uh, no, I couldn't do that one. I said, in your as far as your expertise, I'm asking. Yeah, could could you repeat that one? Yes, I'm. As far as your expertise as a businessman, I'm thinking you're more in the area of of development or redevelopment within various communities and blacks in particular, as you've, you've mentioned, that's one of your, your concerns. Yes. I, I, you know, but that having to travel around the United States and the world, Mm -hmm. that, that made me see uh, how, what great opportunities we had here in Las Vegas, particularly because Las Vegas was a destination city, mm-hmm. and the strip uh, actually brought the people in. But the people, once people got here, they could go anywhere they wanted to do. And all we had to do is is develop programs and projects that 
people would come into our area. And we had some very good people right. to help us do this. Bob Bailey, McMillan, a whole lot of people mm-hmm. uh, that that we got interested in. And, and, it's, and the story grew. And because as, as, as of right now, you see a lot of people interested in changing the community around. Well, that grew out of way many, many years. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on the uh, the proposed yeah, Major have, League yeah, Baseball yeah, team? Co- published as a lead story in Ebony Jet Magazine. Say that again, because I'm sorry, I stepped on you. I was trying to ask another question, but repeat that. No, I said, uh, I just said yes, because even if you got, we were published in Ebony and Jet Magazine. Mm-hmm. The, what we were doing, the story behind economic development, the whole bit. Right. Know? Okay. So now, my question now is about the proposed Major League Baseball team coming into to the Las Vegas market. You got any particular thoughts on it? And, and I say that because I'm still a lot perturbed about what has occurred with Allegiant Stadium. I just don't think that blacks got a fair play out of that. And it, and it really concerns me that uh, here we are now getting ready to propose for Major League Baseball to come, in, come into our city, uh-huh. and I wonder if there's anything significant that we will gain from from that project. I, I, and, I, and I agree with, it, with your, your, your consternation because the, those, teams, those teams didn't come here just to, to smile and, and wave at you in the stand. They came here to make money. Right. And then by by doing that, they're using uh, U.S. Uh, our tax dollars to come to make themselves money. So that in return, we can support each other. They can provide opportunities, jobs, contacts, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and uh, a new 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 uh, uh, markets, all kinds of things. Right. And and in return, we we attend the games and and help <laughs> them. Right. So, so they actually feed off each other, and Las Vegas being the, it's a perfect town for for ball and things like that because mm-hmm. of the weather and all. It gets a little hot, but people from all around the world can come here almost any time of the year and find decent enough weather to go to participate somewhere. Very true. Very true. You know, one of my concerns, once again, going back to the Allegiant Stadium for the Raiders, is I, I I'm still trying to get answers as to an ethnic gender uh, breakdown on what it what has yeah, to do I with think the what you've been doing is, is tremendous because you know uh, this these teams coming in and the jobs and everything created are just an extension of what's originally started by the convention and started and you mm-hmm. look at that look at that building out there and the millions and billions of dollars that in the town, it just has to come into our community. But our community has got to be willing to accept and learn. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing is to realize is that you're trying to bring people in who are not your next door neighbor, and so we have to do things that's going to bring them in and hold them. And I think that, uh, like yourself, at the university and others, your experiences as fireman, fire chief, and others. So you've you've had a, an opportunity to go and come and see and do a lot of things, but now it's, I think it's time for us to sit down and say, okay, here we are. What do we do, and how do we make it a positive experience? And I just fight each other and undercut. But and and I hate to use that term, but a lot of times 
because we don't really understand what our purpose. We uh, we we cause each other more sometimes more problems than the tourists. The tourists not hard to get here as, as it is to keep them here. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, again, back to that stadium. My my concern continues to be show the numbers. What did from a from a breakdown standpoint from ethnic gender breakdown of how many got vendor opportunities how many got concession stands opportunities and i know that as far as the work is concerned because a a former employee of las vegas fire and rescue was the person who checked in folks who actually worked building the stadium and she told me that it was primarily um, other minorities and hispanics in particular, which I have cast no aspersions on them, but certainly any time that we're using any of our tax dollars, and I know that they use what was $750 million of uh, tax revenue from room tax revenue to build to help to build that stadium. So to me, we should get part of the action, and that's that still continues to be a concern of mine. Yeah. And you know something else is uh, some other person that really make a big difference that people sometimes we leave out mm-hmm. the governor. The governor is very important on on promoting the state of Nevada and promoting and I mean and pushing the legislature in doing things specifically to open doors for our community. And then that keeps the load from being so heavy on our shoulders because we don't have the contacts of the money. We have personal contacts. Right. But then when you get a a, a, a contact with the, the weight and heft of the governor's office, mm-hmm. and, I, and that's the governor's office, economic development, we can go a long way fast because they can even get to those teams at the top real fast. Right. Very true. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. And is there any closing remarks, particularly in, in terms of uh, what do you think about the state of, of Black Las Vegas? at this stage of the game in 2023. I'm wide open day or night, 24 hours a day. If it's something to help this community, call me 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm I'm going to be up and answering the question. I hear you. Well, Otis, once again, I know you've been very vigilant in trying to get some some of the the business type revenues into our community to to grow our community. I think it's important. And and, uh, if I can say on behalf of the community, we appreciate the work that you've done over the years. So, and, uh, and, and, and Tisha's a hard worker herself. I couldn't do nothing without her. You know, she's been been working side by side for uh, how long we've been married. We've been married a lot of years and I don't, I don't want to say because she wouldn't want me to tell her she's over 15. Well, I tell you what, Otis, that's well said, my friend. And I can tell you that I always give accolades to my wife. And she don't mind me saying we, we've been married 50 years and we'll have 51, God willing, and the creek don't rise June 10th of 2023. So uh, I, I appreciate what you said. And the wives are very well, important in our lives, man. So we but appreciate you. You know something? I appreciate mm-hmm. you. I appreciate you. And I appreciate you and admire you. You went from the bottom of the ladder up to the chief chief of the fire department, and now doing a lot of other things. You didn't let you didn't let an animal get hung around your feet. No, and that's why I'm willing to give my time. I'm not talking about sell my time. I say give my time. Right, right. To, to make, make help make things work. All right. Well, Mr. Otis Harris, we appreciate you and continue the great work that you do in our community. And to your wife. Uh, 
keep handling it, keep keep staying with the brother as you've done over the years. And I know it ain't easy always. I know Marsha told me I'm nuts because <laughs> I won't stop yeah, working. But you, you know, but you know, you take the bad with the good. That's right. That's right. Well, Godspeed to you and your family, Otis. You guys take care and we will be in, in touch soon. And thanks. And thanks for for inviting me to participate. It, it helps me keep my mind working. All right. All right, Otis. Thanks, man. Take care. Okay, take care. All right. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I'm Dave Washington. And your host will be back shortly. Once again, good morning. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. As I mentioned prior to bringing on the show, uh, Mr. Otis Harris, I was going to talk about legacy of some transition soldiers. These guys are all veterans, as I mentioned, and they were all great fathers. And that's uh, Mr. Dudley Trusty Bino. Um, I said that he was from San Jose Fire Department, but he actually lived in Monterey after he retired. Uh and he was a firefighter. Then we have Mr. Well, Assistant Chief Herschel Clady out of L.A. County Fire Department. And then Larry Powell, Deputy Chief out of Las Vegas Fire Department and Las Vegas Fire and Rescue. And then we have Firefighter Cotis Simmons, who most recently passed, uh, a great friend and golfer. So I'm going to start out with uh, Trusty Bino. Trusty was born... July 12th, 1944, and transitioned on Christmas Day last year, uh, December 25th, 2022. This gentleman was a a warrior, if you will. In fact, um, he helped to open up doors, and I believe he was, if I remember correctly, he was the second black firefighter uh, to join the San Jose Fire Department. And trust you, and and I gave uh, the time frame, that dash, this guy, he did pursue becoming an officer, and he didn't. He didn't get to go further because he got into an with an officer who was do, doing some discriminatory practices toward a single individual. And Trusty took exception to that. But when you, when I was at his service uh, earlier this year, there were so many different ethnic groups: blacks, whites, Hispanics that came to show homage to this man because of the work that he did to open up doors for folks to enter and to include women that fire department, San Jose. And Trusty was a longtime friend of mine, always pushing me. He also attended EDI. He only went one year to the Carl Holmes Executive Development Institute. But I can tell you, he was a supercharged recruiter for the Institute. A lot of people came to uh, Dillard University, where we started out at Florida A&M University. Uh, after Katrina, we went over to uh, Clark Atlanta for five years. We're back at Dillard this year to have our 32nd session of the Carl Holmes Executive Development Institute. And I just want to salute uh, Brother Trusty for the work that he did to assist us. And certainly, once again, want to say uh, condolences to his wife, um, uh, Dr. Linda Turner Bino and his daughter Nikki Bino, both of Monterey, California. So, with that, Brother Trusty, uh, we hope that God was pleased with the work that you did because you did a lot for a lot of folks, to include myself. And he, like me, avid golfer, 
And my wife and I went up and visited him and Linda uh, several years ago. And in fact, he also was the one of the founders of what we call the Southwest Region uh, Retirees Gathering that occurs. We've done it at least four or five times. And he, along with Virgis Proto, who was also deceased, uh, started that program. So just wanted to acknowledge that, brother. And he was a soldier. I forgot to mention his military service. So... Uh, we know that God uh, and hope that God was pleased with his work. The next individual I'll talk about is retired assistant chief, L.A. County Fire Department, Herschel Clady. Man, I was on Herschel and I'm still trying to figure out a way to get a book that he showed me the outline of his book that he was working on. And I would love to see some of the Ollie Linson, uh, Dan Scott, a um, couple other guys that 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 were very very close. Um, God, my my mind is going blank. But um, William William, what's William's last name? Anyway, these guys they know enough about that that hopefully I can pull them together and we can get this book completed because Herschel did a tremendous job. In fact, uh, he took on. L.A. County Fire Department, uh, he stirred the pot so that uh, others could, men, women, other folks of various ethnic groups could join that fire department without being harassed. And um, I mentioned uh, the other brother that I'll talk a little bit more about in a few minutes, uh, Coda Simmons. Coda Simmons and, and Herschel Clady, again, avid golfers, these guys, they kind of educated me on how to deal with my golf bag you know if it's summertime and it's a, a rainy season you better have a, a kind of a little rain jacket in your in your bag if it's wintertime have an extra layer in your bag have some snacks in your bag and I know people say well, you talking about these guys and some doggone golf yes because I'm an avid golfer not the best but I, I love the game and and it was Herschel who told me he said look you're going to either learn to love this game or you're going to hate it you're not going to want to keep giving people your money and you're not going to want to keep on losing. I know that you're a winner, Dave Washington. Another thing about Herschel, as I was uh, disappointed in not getting one particular promotion during my career, I called uh, Al Nero, Carl Holmes, Bob Demons, and the last one I spoke to was Herschel Clady. And he told me to stop sniveling and whining Get up off your knees and be better prepared for the next examination process for whatever rank it is or position that you're pursuing. You have to be prepared. He, along with Monroe Williams, they showed me this three-ring binder, and Herschel had a, a picture of himself on his. I couldn't do that, but I it was so plain. My wife said, you can't go into an exam process or interview process with this plain-looking cover on your binder that had all your certificates, uh, letters of support, et cetera, et cetera. So Marsha jazzed mine up with taking one of our engines, one of them big, pretty red ones, you know, and put it on the cover. So it kind of, it jumped off the page as you walked into the room. So uh, once again, uh, we pray that God was pleased with the work of uh, Assistant Chief Herschel Clady. And he was an airman. And I just had to, to talk about these uh, four individuals, so I got two more I will address, and 
And I appreciate Wes giving me the sign so I can <laughs> keep rolling. But uh, we miss you, Herschel, for sure. And uh, to his wife, D, keep your head up, sister. You know, uh, he would want you to go on with your life. So Herschel Clady, Assistant Chief, L.A. County. The next individual I'll talk about. Now, Larry Powell, Chief Powell and I were, we were the leaders of a group of black firefighters for the city of Las Vegas. There was 14 of us who signed off on a, on a, on a, a document that Larry had prepared, just kind of complaining to the city about some of the things that they were doing in a discriminatory way toward their, their black employees. So, in fact, and I, and I mentioned, mentioned this at Larry serves, and I, I could tell, you can tell when people get, get a little bit perturbed with uh, statements that you're making. But I mentioned that Larry Powell and I had on, on, on a couple Saturdays gone up, and we just kind of went through the files, and we saw a whole lot of stuff that we were able to turn over to our attorney that the city was doing. Well, not the city, but the, the fire department was doing to his black employees. Uh, and when we filed our complaint, a lot of people don't realize that we took them, we took on the city, but things that we asked for was helpful to all employees, black, white, male, female. We asked for, and we thought it was important to have what's called an officer's candidate school. In an officer's candidate school, they run you through uh, various exercises, not exercise necessarily, but training um, for supervising people, uh, those types of things. And this Officers Canada School generally will run anywhere from a few weeks to a few months. And we were able to get that done. And the, the other thing that, with, with as I mentioned, the files that we went through, uh, we encouraged the city to, to straighten up their disciplinary procedures, and they brought in a, um, a format called Positive Discipline. And then we had a gentleman who I had on the show some months ago, Brian Willett, a retired captain out of the Air Force. He ran that program and ran all the officers and supervisors through that program, which really leveled the playing field as far as people getting ridden up for, for any issues that they may have had. But Larry and Monroe Williams were, they were both, and I didn't realize this until later, it's, it's shameful, I didn't realize Larry served in the United States Army. And Monroe uh, was in the Navy. But to Larry Powell, his wife of 35 years, uh, Pat, they had, Larry had sons, three of them, Larry Jr., Keith, uh, Lance, Abel, his stepson, and his daughter, Kim. Larry had 12 grandchildren, 16 great-grandchildren, and two great-great-grandchildren. Larry and I had just kind of reconnected because Larry did a lot of work with the Methodist Church. Larry was a, and he also worked with uh, FEMA. He went around the world, in fact. He did a lot of stuff in the United States of America, but also with uh, the Methodist Church. They did some work outside the country where Larry would go and help with uh, disaster mitigation. Uh, what a guy. And I, I, I miss Larry. He was a good person to, to have mentored me to get to that next level. And, um, I appreciate him and, and, uh, had planned to get him on this show. Uh, Larry was 84 when he transitioned. Larry was born in December 6, 1938 and transitioned April 30th, 2023. 
And, and believe it or not, born in Salt Lake City, Utah. Larry, we, we appreciate the work that you did, and you were a great role model in terms of assisting us to, to grow as people. Then that final person that I talked about earlier, Codis Simmons. Now, Codis was a beloved person who did uh, over 30 years, uh, right around that, 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 that number, with the department. His children, Stacy and, and Christopher, we know that they will miss him, and as the rest of us do, because Codis was a hard-charging guy who he never pursued any rank. And, and Codis did have some, some college education, but he just was not interested in, in supervising anyone. And he was a, the firehouse cook over at Station 3 and any other places that he worked at. I can tell you other stations that uh, Codis could burn. Now, his son, Chris, told me he was better, but I don't know. I know Codis had him ranting and raving at, at the firehouse. And um, again, I mentioned Codis as a, Codis was not only a, a great golfer, but he's also a very good tennis player. Uh, and I played him a couple of times, could never beat him. So Codis, we hope that and, and pray that God was pleased with the work that you did. And, and Codis was a soldier. He was in the army back in the day. So I just wanted to salute these uh, four individuals who were service guys to our country. And I know we just passed Memorial Day, so I just thought it would be important to kind of go into some detail about these individuals. So this is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. And I encourage you guys to listen in and uh, prepare yourselves for all the things that we can possibly do to help our veterans out there in our community. So talk to you next week. Whoa.